That's one of your faves, isn't it, Steve? Oh, 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 yes. Um, row, row the row, boat. Row. <laughs> Back in the day. Yeah, well, you were tapping your fingers, right? When uh, we were I, playing was, the... I was, I was. I was I was. thinking of getting a whole disco going in here, but, you know, you're just so, you know, you're just so not with it. We had, you're right there, mate. Uh, Boogie Woogie Boogie Boy, we had a good time with that Oh, one, that was, we? yes, Ooh, yes. A, yeah. Yes. Brought the memories back. My huh? kind of music. <laughs> But we were just reminiscing about the uh, London Symphony Orchestra, and the, the, they've had some good concerts recently. They've had some fabulous they? concerts mm. here. Mm. I mean, you know, in in the midst of what's going on, and obviously we we, we may well be talking about that. Uh, you, you know, many things are going on in Hong Kong which aren't part of that, and and remind you that life here is full of really great stuff. Yeah. There is. There's lots of other stuff going but on. Particularly, incidentally, mm. if you like music, you, you, this is not a desert. If you like good music, Hong Kong is a fantastic place to be. Actually, increasingly so, um, particularly on the, the classical music, the number of orchestras mm. and uh, um, arts companies that seem to be coming through Hong Kong is, is quite yeah. stunning, actually. I mean, you, you don't get much more world-class than the London Symphony Orchestra. Mm. And so Simon Rattle has uh, yes. br brought something to it. He used to be uh, he used to conduct the uh, Berlin Philharmonic, didn't he? And he came to Hong Kong a couple of years ago with that, but uh, he's back with the other... Oh, was back with the other so and did uh, some good concerts. Anyway, look, lots going on. It's been a ain't, busy ain't that, week. Ain't that a fact? Yeah, yes. so... <coughs> <laughs> the, the week started, I mean, um, well, the week started on Sunday, of course, with protests, of course, with tear gas, of course, with arrests, which which were looking quite nasty. On Monday, and I just want to mention this in case anybody has forgotten what happened on Monday. That's the 30th of September, the yeah. day before. Only four days ago, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. The day before. I know. It doesn't seem like it, does it? The day before National Day. The, there was a police um, press conference. There is one every day, in fact. Um, and the, 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 the fine chap who's in charge of public relations for the police, John Chair, said, and I quote you what he said, he said, tomorrow, we've got, we've got reliable intelligence that says tomorrow um, there will be people possibly with suicidal tendencies who will be incited to murder policemen. There'll be other people disguised as policemen going out murdering people. There will be petrol stations set alight. Now, um, it turns out that, that this precious intelligence was, was um, uh, for people who've actually looked carefully through the... the it w was just derived from some idiot mainland Chinese website, oh. which, which um, fabricated a document saying that all these things were going to happen. But anyway, mm. the fact of the matter was, I mean, where it came from, in a sense, is irrelevant. But the fact that the police are, are deliberately going out and creating this atmosphere of tension and spreading rumours. Obviously, the intention was to keep people off the streets. If you live in Hong Kong, you almost definitely got an SMS from the a police text force. we did, yeah. Saying, you know, don't go out, there'll be events, it's all very dangerous. So they want to put off... This is really what is so depressing. They want to put off people who want to come out and protest peacefully. Because, of course, that sort of thing doesn't affect people who don't want to mm. protest peacefully. So you did, in fact, have a peaceful demonstration, although it was banned, of something like 100,000 people mm. walking from Causeway Bay to Central. And then the rest. Mm. And then the rest. Mm. I mean, I was there. I saw it. It was very, very scary. Uh, I put that mildly. And, you, you, and then we end up with this 18-year-old um, school student who um, was hit in the lungs at, at, at quite close range. He's called Zhang Qi Kin. 
And he is in hospital, apparently out of critical condition. He's in stable condition now, but it's stable in a very bad way. And what do we hear? I mean, this is, you know, you, you can have a debate as to whether he should have been there, whether he was involved in this and that. What mm. do you hear from the former chief executive, Lan Chung Ying, who is so desperate to... Um, not lose the award of vilest person in Hong Kong. He obviously thinks there may well be viler people around. Good morning, Junius mm. Ho. Mm. So he wants to make sure that everybody remembers that when it comes to vile, nobody does it like CY. In the middle of this, he writes a public letter, puts it on his Facebook page, to the principal of uh, Jiang School, saying, "You are you. we expect you to be expelling him from the school. Now, I mean, what goes on in that man's mind that he thinks that while this kid is in hospital, the main thing is to make sure that he's expelled from school? What was it that, that made the chief of police on the night call a, call a late-night press conference and give misleading information, which, which is now admitted, but... We, we oh, were about where he was shot. Where he was shot. Mm. You know, I mean, obviously, um, Stephen Loeb, God bless him, he really never looks as though he's on top of the situation he at the best of times. He didn't in that press conference, for sure. No, yeah. he didn't. Mm. Um, got that wrong and said, you know, we, we've looked into this, we've fully investigated. They didn't even know where he'd been shot. It must have been a really thorough, full investigation. We know that the uh, police action was, was appropriate and lawful. I mean, to have drawn that conclusion in that rapid space of time, I think, is staggering. The policeman responsible isn't even going to be suspended for duty pending investigations. I mean, in most police forces, I, know, I, I, I say these things as though, you know, nobody knows them. But of course they do. In most police forces, as a minimum, an officer involved in that kind of um, affair would be suspended. That doesn't mean they'd be dismissed from the force. It would mean they'd be suspended while... Somebody sorted out mm, investigations, kind of. Uh, what was mm. what had actually happened? So there were nasty, nasty stuff happening in the middle of this, and and you you kind of sometimes feel that Hong Kong has become so surreal that it, it's beyond belief. In the middle of this, they shut down half of the mm. MTR network, mm. suspend most of the buses, and Frank Chen, who apparently I see it here, it's written down here, he's the Minister for Transport, said they did that. Because it was a good move for passengers. Now, I mean, I, I assume that he used to work for a satirist's um, cabal somewhere in the mm. lower depths of, of, of Chongqing. But mm. honestly, I mean, honestly, you know... <laughs> How can it make it better? It's I don't good know. for passengers. Um, um, mm. I mean, there's a very real problem now in, in the MTR. Uh, this is not a stunning insight that nobody else has noticed. But the fact of the matter is, it is being vandalised. Yeah. Why? It, it's a vicious circle now. They keep closing it down, makes people more angry, it gets more mm. vandalised. Mm. <clears throat> but to say that you are the, uh, the in a circumstance where the majority of people in Hong Kong don't own cars, uh, the car ownership is very low in Hong Kong, and rely on the mass transit system for getting from A to B, to close half of it down, that strikes me as irresponsibility 101. I mean, I managed to get partially home on the MTR. I found out when I actually did get home that I missed it or missed all the stations that I was trying to uh, get onto being closed by nanoseconds. I didn't know that at the time. I didn't miss it. 
I was I was on the island line from Kennedy Town going into to towards Central. I was going to get off at Central. And, oh, were you now? <laughs> and, and as the doors closed at Shungwan, uh, you could hear the announcement going: Central has closed. Central Station has closed. And so the train pulled off, and I thought, oh, I'm not getting off at Central. And lo and behold, it doesn't stop at Central, doesn't stop at Admiralty, doesn't stop at Wan Chai, doesn't stop at Causeway Bay. <laughs> and before you know it, I'm at Fortress, Fortress Hill. Yeah. Um, the, only, the only positive of that, I'm taking it aside for a second, the only positive of that was that it's the fastest ever MTR journey <laughs> I've ever had yeah. from between Shugwad and Fortress Hill in seven minutes, because yes. it didn't stop anywhere. Can you not mention that? They may, <laughs> they may take this up as a way of speeding up the service. <laughs> But, I mean, you know, we're now in a situation where you've got all these people. Oh, incidentally, I I do want to mention this, even though it may sound like um, self-interest talking about journalists, but the level of violence against journalists is really worrying. This um, Indonesian woman, uh, Vebi Inda, who apparently has now lost her eye Mm. after being hit with a a rubber bullet, on... um, on Tuesday night, I know that RTHK, the English language news people, withdrew, withdrew their reporters on the grounds that it was too dangerous for them to be there. The SCMP standard. SCMP also did that later on in the day. The Baptist U Journalism School, who had journalists out there, also did that. Stan News mm-hmm. had six members of its staff injured on one day. Wow. I mean, these are big numbers, and you cannot believe that... that um, this somehow is justifiable. Yes, I, I hear the people who say, oh, well, the journalists are at the front line. That is their job, to be at the front line. If you get collateral damage, in other words, you're in the middle of a, of, of a extremely violent situation, that's quite bad enough. But we now know for a fact... I mean, we, we've gone past speculation because there's so much video recording of this that journalists are being specifically targeted. You know, when 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 policemen are shouting, you can see there's a video of one policeman shouting at journalists um, in language which I certainly can't repeat on the radio. You know, why aren't you filming this? Why aren't you filming that? You're all filth. Get out of it. Not mm. those words. Mm. Worse. Um, that's targeting. You know, this woman who who was. Um, at, um, Miss Inda, who who was um, shot on a bridge. She was shot on a bridge. She wasn't in the middle of a melee. This was a bridge that was only occupied by two sorts of people, journalists and policemen. Mm. Yeah, and that's the bridge between Immigration Tower and over to Wanchai MTR, isn't it? Yes, it's a footbridge. mm, It's a footbridge, mm. yes, indeed. So, you know, why was she on the bridge? I assume, because I've done this myself as a journalist, because you get a better view of what's going on below. It's not, you know... There's nothing sinister about that. Why were the police on the bridge? Because they get a better view of what's going on down below. So why do they want to attack a journalist who's on the bridge? Draw your own conclusions. I'm not, I, I, I'm not drawing a conclusion, but I think if I were to, it wouldn't be a happy one. Mm. So there's that going on. There's the increasing level of violence by the protesters. I don't think anybody should, should um, uh, doubt that. Increasing level of violence by the police. And there's all these people clucking around going, oh, violence never solved anything. Violence never solved anything. God, well, you know. Mm. Come on, children. First of all, unfortunately, violence has solved many things. They're called wars. How do you think the World War Two ended? By people sitting down and going, I'll tell you what, let's join hands and have cups of tea. I mean, the point is that in the midst of violence, 
You've got to do something to break it. You can't just keep saying, as the government says, incredibly, oh, well, we'll talk to people once the violence ends. That is so stupid, it's unbelievable. You, what you need to do is, when, when, when tensions are there, you have to find ways of diffusing them. You don't sort of say, oh, I'll wait until it's finished and then I'll diffuse or, the tensions. Or, or leave the territory. As indeed half of the government seemed to do on Tuesday. Uh, well, that's interesting. I mean, you know, it's the 1st of October. It's the 70th anniversary of the Communist Revolution, the foundation of the People's Republic of China. The most important day. How do I know it's the most important day in the national calendar? Because everybody said so, including the chief executive in name only, Sino, Carrie Lam. She scuttles up to Beijing. They all scuttle up to Beijing. She doesn't even come back to Hong Kong. She comes back to Shenzhen. To Shenzhen. Yep, yep, she came back to Shenzhen. So, I mean, you know, what she's saying is this is the most important day in the year. I absolutely don't want to spend it with the people of Hong Kong. I'll bring my number two. I'll bring... Oh, no, actually, number two. Oh, poor old Matthew Jones was left watching the video <laughs> of the flag raising from inside the convention centre. Bless. They all stood there. The flags got raised. They all got to watch the video and got the cheap champagne. Um, you know, mind you, when you see the B team all assembled and you think of who the A team are, cool. <laughs> what is the message that they're missing? I think the message that they're missing is... I, I honestly think to this day they don't get the anger. They don't get the sheer mounting anger that there is in Hong Kong. They, they, they comfort themselves. They've had all these different explanations. Oh, they're incited by foreigners. All oh, the textbooks of children are inciting them. Oh, you know, anything but what's actually happening is an explanation. I mean, <clears throat> I'm delighted to see that the Chinese Communist Party is now actually resorting to Marxism to explain what's going on here. Who knew that they'd even forgotten or even remembered what Marxism was? But it is a fact that they are now talking about the fundamental inequalities in Hong Kong, the venality of the tycoons. Gosh, I could have There's told a revelation. Them. I yeah. could have told them about that last week. Hmm. <laughs> But anyway, it's interesting that they're now saying, you know, this is the real root cause of this. I, I Actually, it is the background to this. It's not the root cause of it. Um, and so we go on. And in this circumstance, what are they planning to do? You know, how are they planning to, to, to calm things down? Well, at the moment, they're saying, I'll tell you what, here's a can of petrol. Let's throw it on the fire. We're planning curfews. We're planning the introduction of... Um, emergency powers. We're thinking of bringing in a new law to stop people wearing masks during demonstrations. Which of those three proposals, among others, that are being touted around, including by that hapless group of people who, who used to be called pro-government, you notice they're just so not pro-government yeah. anymore because they know the CNO is irrelevant. Mm. They know there's no point in being pro-government, so they just say they're pro-China now, which is honest at least. Anyway, they're floating these. They're going, look, look, I've got a big, big litre can of petrol I can flow on the fire. How about that? And they're going, yes, yes, the fire is not high enough. Nobody in that motley crew is actually going around and saying, is there anything we can do to lower the tension? Is there any way of approaching the uh, people who are, who are in protest? I mean, so far, the sum total of their dialogue has been well, of course we're not going to speak to the protesters <laughs> we can't do that 
Mind you, there is a problem with that because they don't know who they are. But they won't even speak to the people in the pro-democratic camp who put their heads above the parapet. Mm. You know, the the, the pro-dem legislators, etc. It just seems like there is a brick wall there, They're right? just not speaking to anybody. Mm. So they say, we'll randomly assemble members of the public to sit in an empty sports hall um, for an hour or two and um, even they, it turns out, can't be relied upon to deliver the message that they want to hear. So there's Carrie Lamb sitting in the middle of these people telling her how awful it is and she's blinking for the Pearl River Delta, um, which is what she does in these circumstances. And um, they're saying, so what are you going to do? And she blinks a bit more and goes, oh... Oh, yeah, well, mm, well, you do realise I can't get my hair done in these circumstances, which seems to be the most substantive thing she said during the during the protest. That may be unfair, but I can't think of anything substantive she said, so it's not that unfair. Back with Stephen and Muff. Oh, Otis Redding. God. Yeah. Don't good, you love it? Good stuff like that. Um, so I guess slightly unfortunate timing for an award, I thought, for yeah. our, your friend yeah, of mine, Tung Chi Wah. Tung Chi Wah, great fella, great fella. He was the only person from Hong Kong at these great festivities in Beijing, um, attended by all the dignitaries who didn't want to be in Hong Kong while all of this was going on. I mean, I can't stress that too much. Hmm. You don't want to be where you're supposed to be representing when this stuff is going on. Uh, just as a segue to that, I mean, you remember that, that, that great question that was asked to Lan Chung Ying when he mm. was still uh, in office said, you know, if the China side and the Hong Kong side are playing a football match, who would you support? And he went, was that silence I'm listening to? <laughs> so he finally said, oh, both, both. I'm thinking, God, he's been to a few football matches. Yeah, I'm, I'm here to support both teams. Uh, anyway, so but they've now decided it's not both; it's just just the just one the side, one. Mm. and it's not the Hong Kong side. Mm. So, so Tung Chi Wah gets an award. You can't actually—it's a very big thing, big clunky thing. It's sort of—it's almost like you, a mayoral chain. I tell you, it? you it could a... fill up an entire bathroom, and in Hong Kong, that means an entire apartment <laughs> with that thing. And he got it for the smooth transition from the ghastly imperialist era, which we all suffered under, and for. Pr uh, uh, um, promoting the practice of one country two systems and upholding the basic law that's what he got it for oh, so i go. said to myself mm. gosh why didn't i think of nominating him for those three excellent reasons so tung chihuahua is an interesting i mean just just a bit of history here you know or you remember the theory the theory was and it was a theory which really annoyed all the true leftists in hong kong back then in, in, in the late 90s, going up to 1997, they thought, gosh, we're being reunified with the motherland, our time has come. Hmm. And the comrades called them all in and said, tell you what, here's how it's going to work. You lot are hmm. not going to get any of the positions. They're going, what? We've been loyal and faithful all these years through thick and thin. And they go, yeah, what's your point? No. They said, we're going to put in one of the tycoons because that will show... Mm. That the, the, the new system is the same as the old system, but different. So they're going, really? Really? And then they said, oh, it's going to be Tung Chi Wah, you know, the bloke who sank the family's shipping company that had to be bailed out by Beijing. And they're all looking at each other going, really? Tung Chi Wah? So why did they pick Tung Chi Wah? Yeah. First of all, because all these people in Beijing have a congenital dislike for Southerners. So 
good old Tungi is from a Shanghainese family, so he's not tainted with that brush. Mm. Second of all, he was, you know, body and soul owned by the PRC. I mean, the, the conditions for um, the rescue of OCL, the family shipping line that he sank, was uh, your ours, baby. <laughs> So he'd already learned... Because got, he got billions of that, right? Yes, that was no, a... no, it was. It would have gone down without mm. um, Chinese state support. I don't... If if that's seriously in doubt, someone's got to explain why that may be. So then they, they, so, so they put him in. And what followed... I mean, this is the man who's just got China's highest award. What followed was, by everybody's account, a disaster. He had no idea how to handle the prospect, the, the business of government. So I, I know people... Because he's not a government guy. He's basically. not a government guy. And he wasn't... Mm. I mean, let's face it, he wasn't a stellar corporate leader mm. either. But as ever, it's in, in the system. He was the son of a, a rather more stellar corporate leader. So anyway, he gets into yeah, office. A lot of things sank under his yes. watch, didn't it? Because wasn't it the, the Queen Elizabeth yes. w- the, turned into the CYS University, which was his father's... <laughs> great plan. Great plan. Yeah. And that sunk in Victoria Harbour, yeah, right? In yeah, 72, all, I think. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, you know. But anyway, but, but apparently, and I know this from people who work with him, he's congenitally incapable of delegating... Because if you if you run a large Chinese company, you don't delegate, you mm. you command. So, but of course, in government, you've got you know you've got pesky housing things, you've got health things, you've got road things. I mean, gosh, it's the government. And apparently, all that happened was his desk got higher and higher with piles of untaken decisions because he couldn't handle it. Mm. So he'd sit there mesmerised by by this this growing mountain of paperwork which he wouldn't delegate, but he wouldn't handle. Then up comes the the infamous um, attempt, masterminded by Regina Ip, who still thinks she's going to be the chief executive, bless, um, um, you, you know, to introduce a draconian version of Article 23, the anti-subversion law. And he had no idea how to respond. Now, in those days, they got rid of the person who had no idea yeah. of how to respond. Now, gosh... And Do we have a Sino who has no idea of how to respond? The problem now is the, 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 the talent pool is no bigger than the smallest puddle you've ever not trod in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're, they're thinking, well, if we get rid of Carrie, we'll put in... Oh, who God. is next in line? Who is next in line? Exactly. I think that's one of the reasons she's still there. There is no next in line. There is no obvious candidate. There is no inspirational vaguely charismatic, vaguely popular person who who could do the job. Have you noticed? Protesters, and I've tracked this very carefully, at the beginning of these protests in June, there were lots of calls for, for, they'd say, Carrie Lamb stepped down. Nobody bothers. She's just too irrelevant. Nobody bothers anymore. Mm. You know, the Sino is the Sino. She's the chief executive in name only. Everybody's going... What does it matter if she's there or she's not there? She's an automaton who takes her orders from up north. And every time she um, appears anywhere, which is very rarely, we have to say, she only gets people more aggravated, not actually annoyed. I don't think people are annoyed with her anymore. I think she's just aggravating. We're kind of past annoyance. How do the... How do the the bigwigs in the central government view her now? You know, we saw pictures on uh, Tuesday of her sort of laughing at the back of the crowd of of dignitaries that were viewing things, presumably in Tiananmen Square. And I mean, do they think she's relevant really at the moment? I think they're just 
beyond despair. I mean, if she had been the uh, mayor of a major Chinese city, if she'd been a provincial governor, she would be on a bike pedalling somewhere towards uh, Urumuchi by now, I would have thought. But, you know, they they have an endless supply of carders who can take over when one of them falters. I mean, she hasn't just slipped. She's she's sort of gone over so many precipices that they're sort of running over precipices for her to fall over. So I I think the general line there is we'll support her until we hang her. It's you know they don't kind of do the transitional. They don't sort of mm. say mm, we've got some doubts about her. No, they'll just they're very very brutal. It's you're ours until you're not ours. You look at what's happened to Li Ka Shing. Who, who, for whom the the doors of every office in Zhongnanhai used to be flung open with obsequious cadres going, Mr. Lee, how nice to see you. I love that tie you're wearing. All of that stuff. Um, he's now dirt because mm. he has dared to mildly suggest that perhaps, you know, if it's Wet Wednesday, well, you know, maybe possibly they could show a more tolerant attitude towards the young people involved in the protests not allowed anymore any of that oh and by the way mm. he's very shrewdly been showing his loyalty to the motherland by making sure that most of the investments are somewhere else <laughs> that that is paying dividends for him right now um, well, 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 including in the imperialist homeland of britain where as you may remember he's just bought a very big brewery well, he, I mean, he he had quite a, a astute move. One one could argue in the property market. Uh, what four or five months ago, when he sold the centre, yes, um, in, yes. in well, Shenyang for, the, for the most the most expensive sale of any individual property anywhere in the world yeah. ever at five point five billion US dollars or something it ridiculous. Was, it was. I don't remember. You you remember that figure? I don't. Mm. But uh, the fact of the matter is, it was. I do remember it was the most expensive, and he has been quietly going. Hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll wave the flag, but, you know, I'll put the money Move in a different cash. bank mm. account. Well, mm. well, which, of course, which, of course, goes to the heart of the hypocrisy of all of the flag wavers. Which of them does not have overseas bank accounts? Which of them do not have property holdings overseas? Which of them, incidentally, who are so busy singing the March of the Volunteers and any other song you care to mention, but that's the best... Um, which of them will not send their children overseas to get a better education in their minds than that which is available on the Chinese mainland? Which tycoon do you know of Hong Kong who's told you about the, the unstoppable progress of the motherland who will actually send their own children across the border to be educated as opposed to some university in, in America where they may or may not have made a substantial donation? I know we've said this before, but obviously there has been a lot of flow of money from the mainland in into Hong Kong yes. over the years. A huge amount, a massive amount. Um, Some uh, of it clean. Yes. <laughs> Occasionally <laughs> that happens. It's true. Um, but is that what's holding back, you know, some big military muscle movement or something that could kind of wipe Hong Kong clean, if ain't, you like? Ain't that the thousand million dollar question or whatever it is under inflated uh, terms? I think that is got a lot to do with it. I really do, because these people have a personal stake in Hong Kong. They've got big... And we're talking about the party leadership. I'm not mm. talking about... Well, the lower echelons as well, but this is the party leadership. Through their relatives, have property holdings here. The whole point about property holdings is they're not like cash that you can put in a bag and take to somewhere else. They're property holdings. If you kill off the, the 
goose that laid the golden egg. Boy, there's a cliche we haven't heard for a while. <laughs> um, you ain't got no golden egg. You ain't got no goose. Mm. And your very big property on the peak that you bought for 29 squillion is only worth 2.9 squillion. It's a reality check. So I've always thought that what constrains them is not the great welfare of the Hong Kong people, but is the great welfare of their own bank accounts, which would be, if the worst happened, would be very severely affected. Mm. Mm. Now, talking about um, th <coughs> things to do with uh, our own pockets and money uh, yeah. perhaps coming from the government into our pockets, there's an interesting you, you, story you, this you, week, right? You know, you know that expression, they couldn't organise a, a, a drinking <laughs> session in a brewery? Yes, I There do. is another way of expressing that. <laughs> anyway, um, so we now heard that this useless, useless shower that run the government can't even give out money for nothing. So they had this What scheme. do you mean, Steve? I, gosh, what do I mean? As you will know, there was the caring and sharing scheme introduced in the last budget. It was called... Oh, yeah. It was called caring and sharing, and it, it was to give 4,000 bucks to people who didn't have much money in their back pocket. Mm. They've actually managed to lose the application forms of 12,000. I'll say that again. 12,000 applicants. Those are 12,000 people who won't be getting the $4,000 any time soon. How do they do because it? How do they do it? How do they not even manage to give away money? I, I, I was going to say I'm speechless, but that doesn't work on radio, does it? Speechless. <laughs> so what is it? Some computer faults or something? What have they done? What are they... Well, I, you, you know, it, it, it's the old little Britain thing, you know, computer mm. says no. Um, I think it, it, here's, here's the thing, you know, computers interact with the people who program them. Maybe... They just don't know how to do it. They don't know how to give out money. I mean, gosh, I, I just think of anything they do know how to do well, and I've drawn up the list, and there's lots of space on the A4 sheet. Giving out money apparently is not even one of their many, many talents. So when you ask, what has the government ever done for me? <laughs> not giving me that. Not giving sure. me yeah. that, yes. Wasn't wasn't our friend Regina? She wanted to give to, give away some more money. Didn't yes, she? yes. She said the bribe wasn't big enough. She said no. She, you see, this is the, the 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 contempt they hold Hong Kong people in. They think that all you need to do is give out a bit of money, and people go, "Oh, that's nice. I'll go back home. I won't protest anymore." They really don't get it. The Hong Kong people a aren't that cheap and B, aren't that gullible. But they're still, I mean, uh, it's not just Regina. I mean, the whole clackery of, of uh, flag ravers in the DAB and what have you, going, more money, more money, let's give out more money. That will, that will solve the problem. It won't. It absolutely won't. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and that's not something you need to qualify and sort of hedge around. So we, we, we're now getting, and, and things are getting interesting, because we're, we're now in the warm-up period to the November district council elections. You may say the district councils aren't the most important thing since sliced bread. But at the moment... They're the only thing, right? They're the, the only thing where you have direct election. Mm. They're the only thing where the DAB has genuinely managed to secure a popular mandate. And they know, as night follows day, that when these elections are held during November, they're not going to do that well. Mm. And in fact, they're so worried about it that they're already, already in the spirit of 
reconciliation saying, I tell you what, maybe we should cancel these elections. Yeah, that's been, that's been whispering of, around a lot. Yeah, month, maybe it? we should cancel them in view of um, 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 us losing. No, not us losing. I mean, in view of us. Um, um, oh, that's right. Security. Security. Big Is word, there a security. danger that they might get cancelled? Who? You know. I can't make a prediction to the end of the week, let alone to the end of November, which is when the elections are going to be held. But, I mean, it is interesting that mm. their first response in this... I mean, remember the response in the last set of elections, the ones for LegCo, was to, to disqualify candidates so as to, to reduce competition. But they hadn't before gone as far as actually scrapping the whole electoral process. So I'm I'm not looking forward to that. I'm not looking forward to the response to that. But yet again, it's those people with that, that litre of petrol they want to pour on the fire. They keep saying, you know, that fire ain't, ain't flaming high enough for us. We what? can get people much more annoyed than they are at the moment. What's our top tip, do you think, for, for Carrie for, for, for the coming week? I think the top tip for her is she's, she has been working on that resignation speech um, and she's 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 got ill health, mind you. She doesn't look good. Mm -hmm. She really doesn't. And it's very interesting that you talked about the, the 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 images you saw of her in Beijing. Have you noticed when she's when she's in the mainland, which is very often, some of the visits we know about, some that she looks much more visibly relaxed than she ever and does in Hong Kong when she's in Hong Kong, where she yeah. always looks as though she's just eaten a bowl of cat sick, and it wasn't as nice as it sounds. I mean, you know. On that note, <laughs> cat sick. Cat sick. Well, <laughs> should we sign off on cat sick? <laughs> we will. Steve Vines, as ever, on a Thursday morning. Thanks, Steve.